This podcast is supported by The Trekking Group, www.thetrekkinggroup.com. And what we're seeing is consumers, after two years of being stuck in their homes, you know, curfews and get back, all of this stuff, they're not looking to just get away. They're looking to have rich, transformative, incredible experiences. You have tuned in to PodSAM, the podcast channel of Sam Magazine, the voice of the mountain resort industry. This episode comes to you from Sam's 12th annual Summer Ops Camp that took place in person from September 7th through 9th at Tremblant Resort in Quebec. We recorded several of the live sessions to share the insights, nuggets, and experiences that came out of Summer Ops Camp. This panel discussion on Selling Summer features MJ Legault of Origin Outside, Monice Belil of Gendron Travel, Paul Cummings of Strategic Adventures, and Claire Humber of SE Group. Let's start the discussion here with Sam publisher, Olivia Rowan. Very happy to be talking about this. It's been a theme that's kind of permeated through um, our discussions um, in everything we've been talking about that everybody's looking for that post-pandemic amazing immersive experience and um, something we're coming across and we've talked about um, the past few years is that in the winter everybody knows what we do it's very obvious it's very visual you know it's the snowy mountain it's what we call the one magnet and there's the the stories that we've come up with and the narratives and the imagery are, are pretty straightforward in what you need to do in the summer we uh, have a have a bigger job to do and there are many things to do um, you have um, many things you're competing against in the summer. And um, if you're not on that top, you know, when a customer arrives in the area, they look for the top 10 things to do in the area. If you're not on that, and it's harder to be on that in the, in the winter, you are that. But in the summer, you're one of many choices. So um, it's a different sell uh, and a proposition that you have to come up with to have people on their way to wherever they're going to understand that you're also something in the summer. Um, so we wanted to talk a little bit about that today. Um, and the one good thing is, like in the winter, in, in it, the unifier is, is that customers are looking for those lasting memories, those immersive experiences. Um, and the pandemic has accelerated us in a good way that there's a focus on getting out in nature, healthy, wellness, and these are things that we can really tap into in the summer. Um, so let's get to our questions for our panel. Um, I want to start with MJ. Um, how do you maintain your authenticity um, of who you are and you've traditionally been as a ski area, but now you're a multi-season mountain resort? Um, and, and how do you stand out um, with that message in the summer? Right? Like, what are some of the themes that you're, you think that we should be focusing on? Um, well, there's, there's a few things around that question of, I think there's two parts to your question. One of them is the notion of, authenticity and how do we stay authentic as a resort and I think the other part is how do we actually connect with our consumers when the offer that we have to sell is a lot more complicated in the summer than it is in the winter. So in terms of that complicated offer um, that we have to sell in the summer, I think something really interesting that I've realized being in Tremblant the last few days and seeing these experiences is how freaking much there is to do. And I'm sure not all resorts have the same level of diversity, but in the winter, it's pretty clear to guests. They buy a ticket, they take a lift, they go skiing. They know what that experience is all about. In the summer, 
I didn't know what the luge was. I had no idea, frankly, what the, the Tonga Lumino experience was going to be. We have to do so much more work to guide our consumer to understand what is a summer experience at a mountain resort. And not to be critical, but I'm gonna be critical, I think a lot of the resorts in your marketing are making assumptions that your guests know exactly what to do and what $80 or whatever a ticket costs is going to provide to them. And I think that's a mistake. I think we need to take a step back and actually put ourselves in the shoes of our guests and really give them more guidance. Hold their hand a little bit in terms of how, what to expect from that summer experience. So much more I could say, but I will say that. So think about the content that you're creating to attract your guests. You can have beautiful videos and dreaming content, but you can also help them with planning content. If you're coming for one day, here's what you can expect. Here's how you can structure your day at a resort. Here's what an itinerary could look like for you and your family. That kind of content, I think, is, is really important. Yeah. Um, Moniz, we, when we, we had a summer ops camp in Aspen, and uh, they were, Aspen was saying they just built the Lost Forest, this fantastic summer attraction that you could stop at. And there's five plus million people that pass by on their way to the um, Maroon Bells and, and the National Park there. And, but they said they really struggle with how to stop even a small percentage of them. And they said they've had to really adapt to the partners they need to work with you know, DMOs, the tour operators. And so what advice would you have and how we can be a part of your, you package these things and how can we be a part of, how can we get on that top 10 list? How can we, how do you want us to help you frame these wonderful things that we offer as a package that you might sell? Well, first of all, thank you for having me. I'm really happy to be here. Um, as a tour operator, in case you didn't know, I work for a tour operator, 27 years with the same company. Um, we, as a provider of information, are your allies. We know that some of you don't necessarily work with all of the tour operators, um, but use us as your staff. In case you were wondering, we're there to help you sell more. We're partners of yours. So it's not everybody that have a structure enabling tour operators to resell your products. Some only lift tickets, some, only, some just for groups, but we're your extension of staffing if you have staffing shortage. So uh, also by training us ahead of time of that selling season, um, right now the August 31st DDDs are gone. Um, so for example, with Revelstoke, it was an 80 hour week on my side. It was the worst week, well, best week of sales, but we're there to help you sell to clients interested in projects that you offer, that you don't need to answer the phones with, if you teach us well ahead of time. So contracts flowing in early, so MTS is late for me, Mountain Travel Symposium for those who, who attend, it's important to get those out as early as possible, even if they're preview rates. A year in advance, we're quoting incentive groups or 2024 right now. Schools are back in town. They are traveling again. Universities are quoting right now. So help us help you. And I think in some sense, if you teach us or we're hiring as well, we're in the same, same struggles as you guys are. But if you have accurate and up-to-date webinars of your product, send them to us because yes, we'll have two new staff members next week. Alex from, from Tremblant came to our office about a month ago with Emily. 
taught our staff, um, taught our staff actually. And uh, we have opportunities for groups, for schools, for university that are calling us now. New staff members coming in. So just keep us updated as tour operators. We're selling to travel agencies who don't have the knowledge that some clients even have. So we're kind of an extension of what we could help you get in terms of sales. Experiences, videos, um, on-site information that if we haven't experienced it ourselves on FAMS, on conventions, teach us, teach them what to package. But not only the lift tickets, the experience, the, the memories. They'll create memories. We'll talk to their families, to their friends. We'll create summer visits, weekend visits, bachelor party, weddings. Everybody wants weddings in the summer, right? So it's, it's kind of like that looping it in that makes sense for everybody, I think. Are you seeing, just to stay with you just a second long, is, is, are you seeing any um, trends out of the pandemic of things that you're being asked for different, you know, whether it's the theme of the wellness or um, flexibility or any themes that you're seeing that are unique to the past couple of years that, that we should pay attention to? Flexibility and cancellation policies, please get back to normal. We're all selling stuff that is 100% refundable. We're not making a dime. You or us and the client expects that, that flexibility now, I think, too much. They're expecting it. If, if we all stick together, we'll make profit, shareable profit, to hire better staff, train more people. So the cancellation policies don't have to be like March 2020. People will travel again. They want to travel again. I think that it's, it's, they kept away for so long. They're ready and they have the budget. Believe me, we've, the, the, the amount of spend per booking have increased 22% in our sales. And we're more than 120%, well, no, sorry, 20% higher than 2019, 2020 in terms of sales, just for the ski and mountain biking division. Hiking and tours, it's a whole different deal. We're 92 employees full-time, so I'm more in charge of, of mountain biking and uh, skiing. They want to travel. So you don't need to leave a dollar on the table. They will pay. They will give deposit. As long as it's transparent, I think right off the bat when they book, outline the conditions, we're there to make money with you. So. Yeah. Can I add a quick yeah, thing yeah. to that? Absolutely. In terms of trends, one of the things that, that we're seeing, and this is called selling summer, so I'm going to push the marketing kind of side of this. Uh, one of the things that we're seeing is in the past, a lot of the marketing for summer was just get away. Just come over, you'll get away. And what we're seeing is consumers, after two years of being stuck in their homes, you know, curfews and Quebec, all of this stuff, they're not looking to just get away. They're looking to have rich transformative, incredible experiences. So thinking about our marketing and how we can show them that the, the mountain can offer them that, I think is really interesting as opposed to that just, just come here and forget about whatever. That isn't really what, what our consumers are looking for. And I think we have as mountain destinations such an amazing opportunity to provide those transformative, you know, rich uh, experiences. So it's, it's also, that's also a good way to organize you know, your, your previous comment about there's too much stuff, like this and this and this and this. It's like, well, here's the experience that can be made up of these things. Like, it's sort of a hierarchy of information. Yeah, that example of the predetermined itinerary, or here's what you can do, and laying it all out is a great selling point to, to tie that in. 
So I'll stay with Claire and Paul. You guys do feasibility studies. You have clients come to you and say, I want to expand my summer ops or I want to start fresh with a getting and in, dipping into this. And um, you have some examples where, you know, it, it's sometimes not what you should be doing based on the, the flow of, it's because summer's blurrier. It's it's a little blurrier in, in the in the visitation that you're going to get. There, you're not the only game in town. So do you have any examples yeah, of... So, yeah, Olivia is referring to the, you know, it's a common theme of mine, it seems to be on this camp, is like, do the math, right? So thinking about visitation, we have so many interesting examples. There's one, um, we have a couple of clients in Alaska who, you know, one, the city of Juneau gets a million people every summer arriving on a cruise ship. So there's a ski area that the city and borough of Juneau owns, Eagle Crest, like, hey, we want a piece of that in summer. Like, there's a million people. When you start to think about what that piece may be, you start to see some really interesting math. Like, okay, a million people show up. Only 40% of them get off this ship and, uh, and take an excursion. And then out of the excursions that there's 60 excursions for them to choose from. And out of those 60 excursions, 80% of them take this type of excursion. And you, know, you start doing that math and you end up with, well, the piece of that pie for you is 12,000 people. Not a million people, 12,000 people. So that's you know, one example. Another good one, we were talking about this morning, um, Jackson Hole. Right? So Jackson Hole Mountain Resort is in a summer tourism environment that has two national parks. Millions of people come literally by their door every year and none of them were stopping. And, you know, they're like, this, this does not make sense. And what's interesting, the lesson here is, well, maybe it's not about millions of people, but because what did Jackson Hole do? They built a Via Ferrata because they looked at who they were, they looked at their brand, they looked at their experience, which is uh, an adventure, a transformative uh, experience for those who have the spirit of adventure. So they said, you know what? We don't care about the millions of people, and this is one example of Jackson Hole Mountain Resort. I'm sure they're still caring about those millions of people, but we're going to get the few people who want a transformative, adventurous experience and will pay top dollar for that. That is good math. Not big math, but it's really good math. And the, the important piece of that math is the profit at the end of the day. So, you know, it's, it's sort of, it's understand your math related to who can come and why, and will they stop and why, and then build your suite of activities and programs and events around that. It's not always the biggest. You want the best. Yeah, the a big biggest. flaw that I see when people are planning um, any type of event is that they come with a mindset. One is, of course, you've all heard it, if you build it, they will come. A line from a movie, period. Yeah, it does not work. Um, Along that same line, people go, well, if there's a million people, if I could just capture 2% of those people, and they start doing the math on that 2%. We have no data to back up that 2% are going to come, or that you even have the possibility of capturing that 2%. So your flawed financials from the start can really lead you into some big troubles. Um, we find that often with uh, zipline tours originally were very problematic with that, where they were building four hours from any destination. And people in that time frame, they would drive four hours for a zipline tour. Right now, it's about an hour maximum that somebody will drive to go to a zipline tour. And if you don't have other pieces there, they're not gonna go from there and go somewhere else. 
if they've been ziplining in Hawaii or Costa Rica or something like that, having something in, do I want to, I am, I'm like calculating in my head how I want to say this. We'll throw out just a random place. If there was a ski hill in Colby, Kansas, there's not, it's flat, there's nothing there. Uh, but if there was, how many people do you think would go to zipline in Colby, Kansas? It's zero. And so you can't take the historical perspective of other locations that have had great success, have these great views. You really have to customize it to yourself. Uh, I think of uh, Arapahoe Basin, for example. Arapahoe Basin is known for kind of a more adventurous visitor to it. So they had looked at a zipline tour, they had looked at Adventure Park, Via Ferrata, these different pieces, and they ended up going with Adventure Park and Via Ferrata because that fits that theme of the more adventurous type activity versus the more passive types of activities. So let's stay on that because um, when we started Summer Ops Camp 12 years ago, it was sort of just do it all. Put it all, like, you know, you, we would arrive, and we, I remember arriving at Breckenridge even, and they, it was just keep adding and adding and adding, and you would arrive, and you really didn't know where to go, where to start the journey. There was no cohesive sort of what are we offering. You know, that was way back 12 years ago. They've made great strides. And, and then, you know, 19, when we are at Anakista, which I think sort of arrived at a premium level of they knew who they were, they knew what their how to frame the whole story and the narrative of the, the all the, the activities together and how they glued together. So my question would be, you know, we are offering a lot. And, and so we have, you know, the hiking and the scenic chairlift and, this, and the slow stuff. We have the adrenaline stuff. We have vents. We have, we have a lot. So how do you... How do you frame that? Should we be all things to all people and capture the widest net? How, how, do, you, how do you sell what we have? I think one challenge that we have as an industry is we don't have consistent language about what events are. So we have zip line tours, we have canopy tours, we have zip rides, we have zip events, we have mountain coasters, we have alpine coasters, we have alpine slides. And some of these things are the same thing. We have a client, Claire and I have been working together and she was talking about, I, I really need a canopy tour. What she was talking about was an aerial adventure park, but in her head it was, canopy tour because she was in the canopy of the tree, so it makes sense to do that. And if in our industry we don't have consistent language about it, when the end user is trying to figure out what they're going to come and do, they have no idea what we're talking about. Is it an aerial adventure park, an aerial park, uh, just an adventure park? Is it a sky trekking piece? All these things, they mean the exact same thing. Ropes course, challenge course. In the consumer's head, they think that there's going to be a difference between them, and there's not. So having that messaging, and you're going to have to have visuals with that messaging. You can't just tell somebody you're gonna have an adventure park. Adventure park is so overused and means so many different things that you really have to tell a story about what you're offering. And it also depends on the customer you wish to go, sorry. Um, you, if the, the customers you wanna attract is for short stays, or Sunday, um, or Thursday to Sunday, then go towards the market. Offer short activities, um, maybe have one big wow effect with one event that you offer, like McDonald's used to do, the apple strudel with every sale. In your shopping basket, if you sell direct, add, did you think about doing this activity? Because you need to book ahead of time but because it sells out. Create um, the opportunity to sell beforehand 
right when they book because they won't come back twice. If they book accommodation, summer with a bike rental uh, or a, a lift ticket for your bike to get up, offer the rentals, offer the course, bike with a pro. Why not there? Because otherwise you're just going to lose them their attention and they're not going to come back a second time. It's your one-stop shop. It's one time, one sales pitch, I think. I want to add to that. Um, I think following on, on what Paul just said, I think as marketers in your resorts, there's a real opportunity. First of all, no, you can't be everything to everyone. It's the opposite of marketing. That does not work. So let's just scratch that off. But there's an opportunity, again, in guiding that guest. So we worked with a client that's going to remain unknown that had a lot of different activities. And we tried to rebuild their web architecture in the standpoint, not of like the CEO at the resort and showing all you have to offer, but the standpoint of a user, a guest who's never been there before. So what we did on their, in their case is a self-identification thing. I'm looking for fun and adrenaline. You clicked on that, you could see all the fun and adrenaline things that you could experience. I'm looking for two days of relaxation. You clicked on that, you know, whatever those different categories were. And it's just like guiding that journey, guiding that consumer in, in content that they're interested in, right? So I think that's one thing that we could do a much, much better job um, of doing at resorts. Yeah, it could even, it could even be uh, time, time spent as well, right? Like I'm looking to spend a day, I'm looking to spend a weekend, I'm looking to spend a week, and then you can actually paint the picture of what that day might look like, what that weekend might look like. It's kind of like the, um, the United Magazine, you know, per three perfect days kind of scenario. Like tell the story, we're in the story business, right? If you've ever been to the Cheesecake Factory, uh, this is very American, so it might, yeah. Um, they have, it's like a 30-page menu that's on this thing, right? And so you're opening up, and there's anything from fish tacos to fettuccine to, I mean, you name it, it's, it's on there. Versus you go to one of the, like, finer dining restaurants, there's probably three entrees. There's two appetizers to choose from, and if you're lucky, there might be two desserts. Otherwise, it's just one, and you get what you get. But the, the level of expectation, it's so much easier to choose from there versus flipping through, and the expectation of quality is different as well. You know if there's 30 pages of items on a menu, it's all frozen, right? And then Chef Mike, um, which is the microwave in the back, Chef Mike is uh, preparing your meal for you. And uh, that's why it's hot on the outside, cold in the middle. That's another thing. Well, and, and to finish that, what experience are you remembering? Right. Right? You're remembering the more curated meal and not Absolutely, Mike. yeah. I, the last thing I was going to say is I've noticed this. I've spent a lot of time at resorts this summer. Um, and one of the things I've noticed is, is it, these are the key words that I remember, is it desirable, what we're offering? Is it doable? Like, there's some videos for ski resorts in the summer where they're showing like mountain biking, zip lining, da, 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 da. It's, it's just not even doable. It's not possible physically to do all those things. So are you showing something that is doable, that is desirable, and that is digestible for your guest when they're looking at content? Is it digestible? So bite-sized pieces of content, creating itineraries, helping the guests self-identify as what kind of experience they're looking for. I think those are all tips and tricks in selling summer in a way that isn't the Cheesecake Factory. Yeah. Or you have, uh, we've seen this quite a bit too, where you have a day pass, but your activities are all five minutes long. So you have five five-minute activities, but for $50, you can come spend the day here. You've got about an hour, and then after that, what do you do? That's a very big disconnect, and you won't get repeat business with that. We'll return to the conversation after this quick message from our sponsor, Trekking Group. 
Since 2002, the Trekking Group has constructed and operated its own network of successful adventure parks and nature attractions in Canada and has built adventure parks for a long list of owner-operators around the world. As a builder of zipline, aerial game parks, and unique forest adventures, Trekking Group continually improves the quality of its experiences and raises the standards for safety and staff training. The company helps resorts, national, provincial, and state parks, conservation authorities, city event planners, private landowners, and others to custom design, build, and maintain high-quality adventure at height projects to maximize the use of their land. Learn more at www.thetrekkinggroup.com. We, in preparation for this, we were looking at some of the data, and, and there is hard, fast data out there that the sheer volume of choices that are being thrown at us is actually overstimulating your customers to the point of not being able to do the ultimate goal of purchase. So, you know, Manise, you know that, that might be something that you specialize in is how to ultimately narrow it down so that they purchase. That is the ultimate goal and, um, and to reduce the noise of, of so many choices that you just, you're overstimulated and you check out. Actually, the question is, what do you really want to sell? What is important for you? What is important for your staff to keep busy, to have the wow effect with the guest? I think that when you open up a website as a resort, a tour operator, or an experience, if it's not made simple for the guest with one blinking of an eye, the, the message is not good. If you want to do it, if you want to sell it, make it available, make it bookable, make it time, the time of reservation, when they want to do their, their activity, summer activity, make it easy for them to understand what they're getting themselves into. Um, if there's a blurry space or doubt, they say, oh, I'll get back to that, and they never do. I'd be curious on your websites of the resorts, what is the, the average time new visitors come on your website and actually stay on your website? Put yourself in the customer's shoe. If that 27 seconds that it takes to grasp their attention, if you would be the customer, would you book it? It's simple. It's not just the tour operator. It's not, uh, I don't know, communications uh, agencies. It's put yourself in the shoes of the consumer. If in 30 seconds you don't want to book it, they won't either. That's such a great point. I totally agree with you. And one, one more stat, one thing that we have noticed to the point of authenticity and helping consumers anecdotally is that whenever our resort clients are putting user-generated content on their web pages, so when they're showing photos from Instagram or videos from Instagram, TikTok, whatever, of real guests spending real moments at your resort, the tw there's a 26% increase in time spent on page. So your beautiful, perfect corporate photos of what the experience is, is necessary. Of course, you need to show you know, the stunning views and, and the experience, but your guest is much more turned on. That was weird, sorry, not, not turned on, but you know, it's much, it's much more um, believing when engaged, thank you. Um, <laughs> when, when they're seeing what their peers and real people, what those experiences were, and not just on social media, but on your website pages as well, or on your pre-arrival emails, or on those other communication um, points that you have. So something to consider and something that's inexpensive to do. So we have talked a bit about the websites. You know, there's a, there, if you've gotten in the frame of, as we all have during the pandemic, of surfing social media and seeing all those dreamy inspirational pictures, 
you know, of Italy, Tuscany, and Greece, and all these places, and, and it's overload, and they're super dreamy, and I went to Italy for a family reunion, and it, it's crowded, and it was hot. <laughs> it wasn't the dream, it was lovely, but, but uh, so how do you, what should they do when you have that flash? Should you focus on the dreamy and the inspirational? What, what are the fleeting moments on social media for what we offer that you would recommend? Like how do we put ourselves out there on social media? What worked best for us is actual consumer clients that experienced it and giving us our feedback for the team. More often, people get back from their holidays and they're ready to book the next one. They're, you know, on the hot seat, so that's time to grasp them. If they come back a week after, it's too late. If they're into that emotion, they're, they're, they're ready to experience something else because they're, they're still on the hype of the fun and, and the adventurous thing they've done, and I think the emotion is still so strong, that's when you want to get those comments, those videos on your Facebook to share with other clients that could see themselves in that seat. Not in a year from now, but maybe next weekend. I, I think that's working very well for us. Uh, consumer contests we've done in the past. The guest was actually in Sun Peak skiing with Nancy Green that morning, shared the content with us, saying, hey, what an amazing day. And we got tons of booking for Sun Peaks that week. Uh, just one point I'd like to make on this is make sure that whoever is in charge of your social media, one should not be an intern. It should be somebody on staff who really works for you and gets your message because the imagery and the communication that happens back and forth. Uh, we had a client whose intern was replying to every post and they just said, awesome. Somebody would make a thing and then they reply, that's awesome. And that was it. And it was just such a disconnected interaction between the visitors coming and and the message being put out. So consistent messaging is very important on that. Um, and you have to be active in, in working with the social media because you will have negative posts being put up there too and you have to manage those and respond to those. Um, your Yelp page as well, if there's negative reviews coming in, if there's no response to that, that speaks volumes as well. So having somebody that's really dedicated to that marketing message and maintaining that social media is, is a vital piece to me. Muniz, what, tours used to be an add-on, and I think it's its own category now. Um, what is a tour, and why, why, why do people do tours? And are, they, are you seeing more people going that route because of the overwhelming volume out there and the need to get help? On our side of the business, tours is FIT built on groups um, in the majority of the time. We have some amazing group leaders that appeals to guests to travel with them. You think of Philippe Marquis, who's an ex-Olympian. We have Jean-Luc Brassard that's worked with us for more than 25 years, I think. Goes to Japan with some VIP skiers of ours. Nadia knows him well. Um, I think that if you want them to work on, on, on being part of some groups, some tours, you need to have an added value attached to it. You need to have an amazing price because they will shop around. I know that for a fact. So if it's a good price with added value, I think that it makes a world of a difference why they would book with you compared to another resort. So make, it, make yourself uh, an exception to the rule. Make yourself out there 
as, as a different offer compared to your peers. So I think that that's what's working for us and has been for more than 40 years. I'm, I'm curious, not, not on the tour side, but on the idea of guided experiences. I'm really interested by this because that it is a trend that we're seeing that more and more guests and travelers are looking for a guided experience. I think it goes back to the trend that people don't want to, I'm going to swear, people don't want to mess up their vacation because they want this rich transformative experience. So they want a guide that's going to like help them in their vacation. I've just done this myself on vacation. Um, and I'm wondering if any resorts have what we have in the winter, you know, where you go skiing and there's those ambassadors that are like walking around saying, Hey, is it your first time? Want to take the lift with me and I'll show you around the mountain. Do we have that in the summer? And it's, it's no longer just traveling together on a bus on an itinerary that's set for a week, just following each other, it's, that's, that's obsolete. My, my father, who's 75, would never travel with a traditional tour, but he cycles 50K in the morning because he wants to have that, that free spirit. He wants to discover by himself, and it's not just an age thing anymore. People don't want to travel necessarily on a tour stuck with 50 other guests go in and eat and wait for their plate at lunch for an hour and a half. They want to have the, the free experience to live the experience on their own, but have advantages of the group. We, we've had clients who have gotten really excited about this from the perspective of, of what we were talking about earlier, from uh, being able to generate more year-round staffing positions, so like ski patrol or ski school. You know, a lot of times those people are really engaged in some of the things you do in the summer, like whether it's biking or hiking or fishing or, you know, whatever it is. And again, that ability to be able to have them be the guide, right, to be a sort of a guide position in the summer creates that opportunity for year-round and also to deliver on that sort of high-touch high experience. And, you know, there is that opportunity to, to generate revenue out of it. It's, it's kind of like, you know, when people hire a ski instructor to be with them during their vacation, right? It's kind of a similar thing. Like I'm kind of having this aha moment with you all that, that when I do, tra when I travel to Italy, and not that I'm like name dropping here, but I also went to Costa Rica. <laughs> Sorry. But each time it was only with tours. It was tours and that was, the, that took away all the pain of, you know, the choices and the experience was guaranteed to be meaningful. And, and I'm thinking about what we offer. And even this camp, we've kind of been your tour and we've made sure you've had a great time and we've done the special things and you just had to kind of enjoy everything. And so maybe that's a, a lesson for us. We, we've built it, but now we can curate these guided experiences to really offer something special for what they're looking for. Yeah. And if we see the benefit to doing that, imagine people who this is their first foray into outdoor recreation. We have so many new people coming into our environments that don't have any experience. How intimidating is it to go to a ski resort, much less in the summer, when you really haven't left the city before? I'm from Denver, and so we have epic mountain adventures, right? I mean, there's just so much to do up there. And I know so many people who have never left the front range of Colorado. They don't go in the mountains. It's too intimidating for them. So this curated experience really takes a lot of that pressure off. And truly, it can be life or death up in our mountain environments as well. Somebody goes off hiking and they aren't prepared for a swift change in, uh, in the climate to happen. Okay. 
And Nick gave this great example last night where you think about the Tonga Lumina and how many people, it's the first time they ever go on a chairlift. And it's nighttime, it's dark, and they just never experienced that before. So again, the idea of having ambassadors or guides kind of telling you, hey, it's gonna be okay. Like all of those little things that we take for granted because Chairlifts are not scary to us, but they are to our summer guests, to many of them. So I, I love this idea and this conversation around guiding and, and helping that process from the booking, like from all the way from getting here and once you're here as well. And Claire, you, you, um, you talked about, we've done in the past at the camp in Park City, we talked, leaned in a lot and Aspen of the, the value of trails. And, but not just, it's, hey, we got trails. It's that they, they need to have wayfinding. They need to feel safe. They, you know, this is intimidating just to even walk on the trails, but then to kind of program that with a, a foraging for some something that we're going to then do something with, or the wildfire, a uh, wildfire, the, the <laughs> wildflower, Flower. yes, uh, combined with the trail hike or the yoga. Well, how much are you seeing them kind of helping? people have that experience that when they're well, not used it, to it. You know, it's a, we were talking about this yesterday. Like, we are a very small subset of the population. Like, we in the know are a very tiny piece. And, you know, there's a lot of people that don't. Never been on a chairlift, never been in the woods, never been in the dark. That's another interesting thing about mountain resorts, right? For city dwellers, like, they've never been in the dark. Um, Even at night, there's so much ambient yeah, light that's yeah, never truly dark. Um, and, and what I think is interesting about this conversation, like we're talking about the sort of actionable things once they're here, but even from a, from a marketing perspective, you know, like the messaging that you have on your website needs to think about that too. Like they, people don't, may not understand what, they, what you are even. So sort of thinking about that from, from guiding them through that experience, sort of making sure you're meeting them where they may be, not where you are. I wanted to add the fact that there's different segments, FITs versus group, in your industry on mountains. Uh, if your resort is also owning accommodation, if you offer a three-bedroom condo, let's say Sutton Place in Revelstoke, you want to offer that own a pro experience. That's the number one excursion we've been selling over the past seven years, I think. Um, own a pro is the pro. And that's winter, but it could be easily applicable on mountain biking or hiking. They meet the guests at the room at the time they want to leave. They're there for the day. If the guests are done after three, three hours, have a nice day. Thank you for your time. If they want to stay the entire day, often they invite them for dinner the guests invite the guide for dinner and it creates an experience for them. And you know what? It's lucrative. That owner pro is probably the highest, most expensive excursion on, on the menu, like you say, but it meets their expectations and they want more and they talk about it. And at the bottom, if you think just selling groups uh, on standard, like 25 standard accommodation, two bedded rooms, you make more profit with that family sometimes than half of that group. So the time you spend with that one family can create more revenues and less headaches because they're not going to cancel three of the rooms because of COVID. It's that one family that accepted that it's 100% non-refundable 30 days before arrival. So what do you want to push? Accommodation, experience, 
something outside the box, and they will talk about it. And their friends in their office, where they make tons of money, will want to go there, too. We've touched on this a little bit, but uh, something reminded me. Uh, our first night, Patrice mentioned that the pandemic provided an opportunity for uh, us to raise prices, and people are paying it. Uh, so where does price land, if anywhere, in marketing? Should it be anywhere in your messaging? How is that, you know, because if things are more expensive, where does that balance land? I know it's different for tours, and I know it's different for individuals. So it's like, so yeah, like uh, just generally. My messaging is EBB is key. We've sold 75% of our season compared to 2019. 2018 in terms of number of passengers up until now compared to the entire season in 1920. So if you orient your numbers, save now, book now, first of all, car rentals are still available because we are all stuck with that in resorts. I had refusals for shared shuttles last winter when it came to in-season booking. It was too late. They were full. They didn't have enough buses. And the flights are still available at somewhat reasonable pricing. So if the resort push book now, save 40% off, 15% off, just create an action. The pricing is not necessarily the dollar. It's the percentage they're looking for. All of our promotions are more oriented towards the savings. And you want to create revenue that is going to be significant enough early on in the season to make sure you can pay your staff throughout. So make it with a limited date, but create the emphasis now, not only in dollar signs, but in savings. And yes, 20% more on each room that it costs me to book many, many, many suppliers. But clients are ready to book because they're ready to experience it. So don't be shy. I think most visitors, too, for summer operations in particular, they're not tracking pricing. Uh, yeah, I've heard several times people ask me, oh, what's ticket price at Vail this year? And people don't say, what's the summer season pass like at Vail? It's always just been the winter piece. So raising summer prices, I don't see as a real big challenge because there's not going to be pushback because they don't know what it was previously. And it's such a new thing, too, that it, it's almost expected that prices are going to go up once something's established a little bit more. That being said, though, I feel strongly that in the winter, we can advertise a powder shot and a book now with a price point and the guest can just click because they know what that means. If you do that in the summer, you can't, you can't do that. You can't advertise with a price point. You have to, this is, I'm a broken record, but you have to guide the, the guest to understand what am I actually buying? Like, what is this experience going to be? And I think that's where right now, a lot of resorts are, are just jumping from dreaming content, super inspirational, to book now content. And they're not doing that middle part of the guest journey, which is the consideration and the planning and the validation. And that's an opportunity area. It's not like the sexiest marketing, but it's important to get the guest to go from that, wow, a mountain, summer mountain experience to it is worth whatever, 150. Well, or, and what, that, what that's doing is it's creating the value proposition. Because that's what I think what, what matters in summer is that there's an understanding of the value. So if you... You know, what kind of experience are you looking for? Here's what that can be. And then at the end of that, here's what that costs. You've actually guided them through the value of the experience before you say, this is what that costs. You know, 
Paul's example is a good one, like to, to, to just have a, you know, here's all the stuff we do and then here's a menu board with the price, like it, there's no connecting the dots there. It's really difficult to understand. Yeah. And it's tougher to set a, you can't really have one price for a summer pass because you have so many attractions that require reservations. If you have a canopy tour, you can't have it just be an open season pass. You get eight to 10 people on a tour, the tour takes two hours. There's a very limited number for that. Um, the mountain coaster is a good example. If that's the one high adrenaline activity and you have other activities but they're not as exciting, you will have a line. Your five minute mountain coaster activity now takes 45 minutes and 40 of that is standing in line waiting to get there. So having a season pass or even just a day pass that includes that, uh, we're seeing much more of a push towards either like a punch card or timed entry pieces like that instead of just an open kind of pass. Um, I, I'd love to spend a couple of minutes, because we're talking about selling summer, talking about something that, that Anique spoke of um, quite a bit yet during the tours that we did at the village and Patrice spoke of too, which is if you're a destination, Tremblant, and Tremblant does this very well, your guest is coming to Tremblant. They don't care who owns what, right? They are coming for the for the destination experience. And so the collaboration behind delivering that is complex and really important. Like Anika, I love that you pointed out that the mountain that owns the logo, right? Like that's your brand identity, shares that with the, with the, the village, the, the village association, so that guests are not seeing Trombant logo A, Trombant logo B, like the, it gets really confusing. If you're a destination and you're competing amongst yourselves, it's a really confusing message for your guests. And, and that collaboration is, is complicated, but really in, important from a marketing perspective. You know, again, choosing that menu, one of the wonderful things about summer is, you know, that experience we had last night that was 20 minutes ago uh, away, People will, that come here will consider that part of being a Tremblant. So it's a much broader perspective. You know, that is the reason when we started talking about summer operations, we all talked about Disney. Because Disney owns everything. When you go to Disney, everybody is on the same team. It is a really difficult um, thing to, to accomplish, but a really important important one, the closer you can get to that. One quick thing is that we, we heard it in the Insights Collective um, presentation yesterday that there's such demand currently both in Canada and the US and across the world for national parks and that national park experience. And so thinking about selling summer at resorts, thinking about how we can position our resorts as an alternative to going to these big national parks. So if I I'm not a media agency, but if I was, I would help my resort clients saying, let's target the people who are visiting La Cipac and all these camping sites that are sold out and retarget them to our resort. Because those are the same, they're looking for that same incredible, you know, nature experience. And that's yeah. something we yeah. can offer. Scenic landscape, nature experience, hierarchy of experience, right? You go to a national park, there's, there's a green circle, blue square, black diamond experience, and we know about that too. But there's, yeah, there's very definite, there's a huge opportunity there. And it's not just the, it's national parks, it's state, provincial parks, like they're, they're full. Winter may be approaching, but next summer is around the corner. 
Support this podcast and stay up to date on the latest summer trends by subscribing to Sam Magazine at www.saminfo.com and sister publication Adventure Park Insider at www.adventureparkinsider.com. Our theme music is by Breakmaster Cylinder. Our podcast advisor is Alex Kaufman, the Wintry Mix podcast guy. Thank you for tuning in to Pod Sam. <laughs>